Hello and welcome to Real Estate Investment Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Doak. And today we're going to talk about commercial retail leases. What are they really worth? Uh, I've been asked over the last couple of weeks, how do I evaluate or how do I uh, look at a retail property when it comes to the leases to get an understanding of what those leases are really worth? So I thought it would be good to put together kind of a, a narrative, um, kind of walking through what I do on the due diligence side of things as I evaluate a lease. Um, there's other things that go along with it, but today I just kind of want to focus in on what the leases are and how I look at them to see if it truly is a, a valuable lease or not. Um, first and foremost is I'm looking to see if it's an absolute triple net lease or just a triple net lease, modified gross or gross. Those are kind of the four main types of leases that you'll come across. Uh, an absolute triple net lease are ones that I truly love to get my hands on, uh, especially if they've got bumps, because these are typically your standalone uh, retails like the drugstores. And an absolute triple net lease means the tenant's taking care of everything on that property corner to corner. So everything on the exterior, so roof, structure, uh, anything that goes on in the parking lot, everything that goes on with that property, they pay for now, what you have to look out for on absolute triple net leases is the bumps in what you get in your return or your your rate, and do they have bumps or not? So that's something to, to, to that I look for when I'm looking at the uh, triple net lease. Uh, the other is the just plain triple net lease, which means you're still responsible for the roof and structure, which is typically how they'll position it. So they'll say it's a triple net lease, and you think that it's an absolute triple net lease. But in reality, when you read the leases, it says that the landlord is still responsible for roof and structure and sometimes for mechanical. So you want to make sure that you really look at those. And that's what I look for uh, in the leases is what am I going to be responsible for? Then you have the modified gross. And the modified gross typically has a flat fee um, with the exception of paying for taxes and maybe something on the common area expense, the CAM expense but it's primarily the taxes uh, to help alleviate the increase each year on the taxes. But this does uh, bring into the evaluation for leakage. Uh, leakage is not good. It doesn't even sound good. Uh, you definitely don't want to have leakage. And uh, the leakage usually comes from expenses rising more than what the tenant has the, um, I guess, the uh, rights to have to pay or the detriment to have to pay depends what side of the lease you're on and they don't pay the full amount of what you're expending for the property. So that's what they call a leakage. And then you have to calculate that in your analysis as you're looking at the property and you're evaluating it for a long-term hold. You, know, you want to make sure you're not going to keep getting additional increases of more expenses you're paying than what you're getting reimbursed for. So modified gross leases I try to stay away from. You don't see it as much in retail as you do like in office. Uh, you see more of it in the office space. But um, right now we're talking about the retail and I do see it occasionally. And then the last, of course, is just gross, where it's just a flat fee that they pay as a base rent. Uh, there is no additional rent paid via CAM, you know, common area maintenance fees. Um, so whatever the expenses are, the expenses are, and you got to take it out of all the gross amounts of uh, proceeds you receive. So um, when I'm looking at a property in the retail world and I get a strip center and they send me all the leases, the first thing I'm trying to look for is making sure what type of lease it is, absolute triple net, a triple net, modified gross or gross. 
Then once I understand kind of what the, the leases are, then I go over to the tenant. Don't be fooled by the tenant's name because I've had properties that I've helped manage where we thought it was an incredible tenant, national rated, the whole works, and then they go belly up. So what I would suggest and what I do is I primarily look at the credit, I look at the guarantees, and then I look at the history of their pain. So are they paying on time? I like the local tenants and I like the regional tenants. Because a lot of times, you know, you've got a long history in the in the building and they've been there for a very long time. They've got a history of paying. So it's, you know, good to have them in there. They have consistent pay. Um, tenant correspondence is key here as well as you're when you're looking at the uh, tenant strength. Uh, get from the seller, ask for all the correspondence with the tenants, and they should have a tenant file, all the emails, things like that, so that you can actually see what kind of correspondence has gone on. Have they asked for discounts? Have they asked for relief? You know, what kind of tenant are they? Um, so you really want to make sure that you understand the tenant. Then I go into the terms of the lease. So how much time is left on the lease? I discount options to some degree, because the option really is there for the tenant more so than the landlord. It's not like as the landlord, you can force them to stay in the space. And especially in the times we're in, and even in good times, I see this uh, happen where the tenant will still try to negotiate for something. Now, as the landlord, if you're in a position where you can backfill it and you've got somebody that can come in there and it's not going to cost you a lot of money to, to refill it at the new rate that you'd like to get, you know, then then you have the upper hand. But if you don't, and you need to keep them in there, there's a strong chance that you're going to have to take a discount or offer up something that's going to cost you more going forward. So when you're evaluating a property to acquire and you look at the term of the lease and they got three to four years left on that remaining on that main lease and they have options, don't just assume they're going to exercise that option. Um, and if there's three or four years left, they're not going to entertain a conversation this early to do an extension uh, for the most part. There's always an exception, but for the most part, that's what happens. Then I'm looking at the bumps. What's the increases? Is it 2% a year, 3%? Is it flat? Um, a lot of the you know drugstores have long-term leases, but a lot of them are flat. I mean, I've seen them flat for 40 years uh, in some uh, drugstore uh, standalone deals. So I'm looking for are there any increases that are going to come up in the initial term? And again, I'm focused on the initial term because you don't know if that person or that group is going to stay for the next term if they have an option. And if they do, what they're going to expect to pay. So you kind of got to look at the market, uh, have a good feel for where the market's going in that area and the uh, you know the, the ability for tenant to stay. Um, I look for early out clauses. There's a fair amount of nationals that um, put these in there contract basically that says they can give you at any point in time a six month notice. So basically you have a six month lease. So when you're evaluating this lease as what you're acquiring and you're doing your cash on cash analysis to see if this deal really pencils, you want to see how long is that tenant going to be there from the lease and legality part of it. But you also got to look at it and say, do they have the ability to leave early? And you'll see that especially in some new construction on retail and they bring in a new national tenant, they're not sure if that's going to be the best spot for them. So they'll put in a clause, maybe it's four years, five years, three years. There's there's a clause in there that they can, they can bump out or uh, uh, kick themselves out. So I'm looking for that. 
The other key area, since I do asset and property management, is I'm looking for, is the property management fee and the admin fee included in the common area uh, expense? So the CAM expense, can I get reimbursed? So as a landlord, you're looking, can you get your management fees reimbursed by your tenants? And a majority of the time you can, but it's very important to make sure you have that because that allows you, then you could hire an outside group to do your management and it doesn't affect your cash on cash um, of what you invested. And then uh, if you are a management company at the same time, then that's additional revenue coming into you as the manager. And since I syndicate, I do a lot of syndications, I'm looking for that type of analysis so I can go to my partners and my investors and invest with me and say, look, my fee isn't being paid by you. My fee is being paid by the tenants. So uh, that that allows the cash on cash and distributions to be uh, better for my investors and, uh, and partners. Um, then I'm looking for any CAM uh, percent caps. So are there any expenses or are there any of the CAM expenses that are being paid being capped? And you'll see this uh, uh, when I was down in California with some properties down there. I saw it on the on the uh, maintenance of palm trees, believe it or not, because keeping those palm trees trimmed is very expensive. And we had a shopping center where it was close to $70,000 a year just in palm tree expense. So you want to make sure that there isn't any caps. If there are caps, kind of you, you just have to do the analysis and say, is that a reasonable cap or not? Um, so you want to make sure you see that. This kind of takes us back to when we talk about like a modified gross lease. And sometimes on a modified gross lease, you'll see that they have like a set year. So the first year they start the lease, that's their expense ratio. And then you're allowed to add like three, four or 5% each year to their expense ratio. But if your expenses go up more than that, then you have to basically eat it uh, as the landlord and, uh, and you won't get those funds back. So um, you want to really make sure you look at those. Uh, the taxes, this is one that uh, like in California, again, do you ha- they have an assessment after you sell the property. So if you, if you buy a property, then you can get a tax assessment at the end of the transaction. So it could be six months to a year down the road after you bought that property. And now you get a bill for $60,000, $70,000 for an assessment for the increase in value of the property for the taxes. If you can't pass that through to your tenants, then you're stuck with it. So when I look at the tax clause inside the leases is what taxes are included. I want to make sure they're all, all taxes and assessments, local and federal. So you want to get all those taxes covered so that you can then bill back to the tenants. Now, on a large bill, chances are what you'll do is you'll go to your tenants and you'll spread it out over the course of six, seven months uh, so that it doesn't hurt them on the financial side. But uh, but you want to make sure that those assessments um, fall and those taxes fall on the, uh, the tenant side. Don't be fooled by the first year of income. And this is, this is a, uh, I don't want to call it a trick, but you do see this a lot where they'll show you cash on cash for year one and it looks great. But if the leases are not an absolute triple net lease, there could be some expenses that are going to come up that are going to affect that cash on cash. You know, your deferred maintenance. Maybe the roof has some deferred maintenance. Maybe the foundation has some deferred maintenance. Maybe there's alligator in the parking lot that has to get taken care of or a stormwater drain issue. Um, And I bring these up as things I've come across over my career that pop up in year two or year three. And here you thought year one, you're looking at this cash on cash, but yet you had a lot of deferred maintenance that you really couldn't pick up on when you first got the property. This came 
you know, a couple years later. So, uh, so you really want to kind of look at that and, and understand what your true cash is going to be. Um, I've seen them where the lease, the uh, amount on a gross lease is greater than what the expenses are. So they feel like they're just coming out ahead. Well, they didn't realize that there's some deferred expenses that were coming up a year or two down and all of a sudden year two and year three, they're sliding backwards. Um, it also reminds me, remember the tick days back in these Tennessee and commons when guys were selling these things for ridiculous prices and they're guaranteeing these eight, eight and a half percent for the first three years. And what happened there was they would buy a property reposition it, sell it into a tick. So the developer and the broker made their money, but then you bought into it on the tick side and that's guaranteed for three years. You're like, great, I'm getting an eight, eight and a half percent of my money. And then that year three, boom, it dropped down to 3% because they put enough money into the project to make sure they can make that payment. And then it just dropped. And, uh, and so again, you need to look out and watch out for uh, when you're analyzing these um, these leases to see what, what actually is, uh, you know, the value here. Um, leakage, we talked about, you know, the leakage is bad. It just, like I said, it just sounds bad. You don't want to have a property that's going to bleed you to death on the expenses because you haven't been operating that property. You really don't know what the expenses are other than what was given to you. And chances are you did receive everything, but there's other costs that are going to come through that are going to be increasing uh, over the years. And um, you want to make sure that you're you're protected and uh, taken care of on that. So when I'm evaluating a lease to see what that property is truly worth or the lease is really worth is I'm looking at the lease itself, making sure that, it, you know, like I said, absolute triple net or, or, or a triple net lease and understanding what my expenses are and my exposure is as the landlord or on behalf of my client as the owner. And then I want to really dive into who the tenant is whether it's local or national, and really understand their rates and what they're paying compared to other properties in the area. Because you always hear it, oh, you can bump the rents the next time around. Well, maybe you can and maybe you can't. If you don't have another tenant in tow, you may not be able to bump those rents. You may have to go down in your rents. So make sure you're uh, really uh, self-reflecting in this deal that you understand what you're getting into uh, and what it's going to take to make sure that that stays uh, going forward. Um, looking at the guarantees on the leases, that's very important because there's a, there's a lot of individuals that have really great credit, strong credit. They're not a national brand or name, and they have the ability to carry the property if it isn't going to be performing every month that they need to perform. So um, my, my only, I guess my tip on the guarantee is also I've had I've had people that have lease space for me where their credit wasn't really good. The guarantee really isn't worth anything. They said they'd still sign a guarantee, but it really doesn't help any. In those situations, if you want to give them a shot, then don't put any money into the TIs. You know, you take it where is, as is, and then they go do their thing. Um, because you don't want to have to be in a position to have to eat TI dollars as well. So, uh, so don't get, uh, don't get pulled in or, or uh, wooed in by a, a great story of a business and, uh, and then turn around your front in their business and it doesn't turn out the way that they expected. So they bail on you and you're sitting on all that TI dollar spent. So, um, so I'm looking at the guarantee of the tenant who's there and making sure I do the homework on who they are and uh, what their history of payments are um, for sure. And then, uh, and then, of course, you're looking at the term, what's left on the lease, so how much time is left, looking at any type of increases or bumps, 
any early out clauses where they can bail. Um, also, you want to look for things like uh, co-tenancy or how much the building is leased up. There'll be clauses sometimes in there that says, I'll only be there if the anchor stays. So if you're in a grocery anchored store and that anchor basically boards up and goes away, then those other leases can go away. So you want to see, does any of the leases affect the others? Um, from that, you also want to look at, did they have they added any type of... Um, well, it's, we're, 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 they put a, like a non-compete clause. You know, you'll see that a lot in addendums as well, where some of these nationals will want a non-compete clause. So you have to really look at that and see what is in place. Is there any non-compete clauses for any other types of uses? Because that can really uh, hamper your ability to go out and get another type of, uh, a type of user that could fill the space. So you're kind of looking at that, um, anything that's going to stop you from doing what you want to do. So that that helps, and then of course the management fees, and then uh, and then what will the landlord be responsible for financially? So uh, that's how I look at a lease um, when I evaluate the property and I'm going through due diligence. Uh, a lot of times you can't get the leases until you tie up a property, so uh, so I just recommend if you can get the leases before making an offer, great. Do your homework prior to, and uh, and then then look at the leases. But uh, chances are you probably have to tie up the property, then go through the leases, uh, and really go through them thoroughly. And don't forget to do your tenant interviews. I mean, my goodness, how many people I've met who don't interview the tenants of a property that they're going to acquire? I mean, that's who you're relying on to pay your bills. So get in there, talk to the tenants, and uh, get a good feel for who you're partnering up with. Because at the end of the day, they are your partners. Um, they're the ones that are going to help you be successful with the piece of real estate you have. So uh, that is it. That's my update uh, on commercial retail leases and what are leases really worth. Uh, if you have any comments or have any topics you'd like to see me cover, uh, please don't hesitate to uh, send me an email at Derek at DerekDoke.com.